Moto America fans, it's time for another episode of Off Track with Carruthers and Bice. You'll laugh, you'll cry, and you may even learn something from this unlikely pair and their special guest. The mic is yours, Paul and Sean. Hello, Moto America fans. This is Paul Carruthers, and this is Moto America's weekly podcast, Off Track with Carruthers and Bice. I'm joined as always by Sean Bice. He's out in Ohio. I'm in California. Our guest is in California, which seems rare these days because it seems like we've been talking to a lot of people that live back in Sean's uh, neighborhood or even east of Sean. So it's nice to have a Californian on here. So Sean can't pick on us too bad because there's two against one. So how are you, Sean? Well, good evening. I'm coming to you from uh, the darkness of uh, Central Ohio. It, this is my FM uh, DJ voice. It's after hours with Paul and Sean. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it seems kind of weird. We we always do these things early in the morning, earlier for me than you, obviously. Yeah. And then this one, thanks to our guest forcing us to do something a bit different, we're actually coming to you or actually recording this in the early evening or early evening for me and not so early for you, but it does feel a little different because I'm does. not drinking coffee, although I should be, but then if I did, I wouldn't sleep. And, you know, I go to bed at nine. Like I told you, Paul, I already got my jammies on, you know, I got my cocoa. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have footsies or no? Oh, oh no, I can't have those, you know, foot odor. You got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those make my feet too hot. So yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> Let's get into our guest here. Yes, R- yeah. literally. Not, well, kind of, yeah. Okay, our guest today is Michael Gilbert. And uh, Michael's a good friend of the shows. Obviously, we, we see we see Michael all the time at the races, and he was missed last year. He showed up despite the fact that he broke his femur. Um, he finished 15th in the Stock 1000 Championship, but it does, it's not even worth talking about because he only raced five times. In those five times, he did get a podium at Road Atlanta, I think, in the very first race of the of the season for Stock 1000. So he kind of would remember what the podium's like, I guess. But anyway, he broke his femur at the Ridge, and it shut down his season, I mean, as, as a broken femur would. But now he's back. Um, he's had a bit of, uh, I think he's raced and I know he's taught or he's at least done track days at Chuck Wallace. So we'll find out a little bit about that as we, as we talk to him. And, uh, you know, he's just going through the process of getting ready for 2023. He made an announcement yesterday that, uh, that he's going to move to the Supersport class on a team hammer built Suzuki GSXR 750. So that's kind of cool. He, he kind of came from Supersport and then now he's going back and it, it just adds another guy to a class that I think is going to be really, really competitive in 2023. Again, it's with his own team, Michael Gilbert Racing. And uh, I just found out actually, or I, I knew, but I forgot because I'm old, but uh, he actually underwent ankle surgery. So he had, he, bro- he had a broken femur on his left leg, I think. He's going to tell us this. And then ankle surgery on his right leg. And that uh, he actually broke the the ankle before before he broke the leg, but didn't get it fixed because he was going about his racing. And then after he broke his femur, is obviously a little probably more concerned with the femur. Whew, I'm kind of worn out from talking about you, Michael. First of all, just give us an update on uh, you're obviously getting ready for the new year. 
you've got your program sorted out. Now it's just an, a matter of getting yourself healthy. How healthy or unhealthy are you at this point? Uh, well, first of all, thank you guys for having me. It's been a while, you know, obviously, like you said, it's, you know, I've been in the paddock, but not on the motorcycle. And it just kind of feels good to be getting back in the swing of things and, you know, starting to gear up for another season and, and just putting all the pieces in place. Um, in terms of health, I mean, honestly, I feel healthier every day. You know, it's, you know, what you and I were talking about prior to the show. It's like, it's funny. I broke my femur, the biggest bone in your body. And I don't even think about my femur, my femur that's long in the past. You know, it's healthy, it's healed, um, not even a concern. It feels strong, ready to go on that side of my body. On the other side of my body was my right ankle, which, like you said, a lot of people didn't know. I actually broke it out at Road America two weeks before I broke my femur. Um, and then it never really healed because it was coping with taking all the pressure because they're on opposite legs and whatnot. But we had surgery. We're coming back. We're feeling good. Everything's going well. I actually just saw my physio and he was really happy with how things are going. And yeah, like I said, day by day, we're just going to keep plugging away and, and, um, you know, continue to log some seat time on these motorcycles and, and get ready for the season. Okay. I have a question. I always forget to ask people this, that have broken their femur. Luckily, it's not, I don't know too many people, but I have had my share of, of people that have broken their femur. What, what does that feel like? And do you, does your body, do you pass out from that kind of pain? I mean, I broke my foot and I thought that was the end of the world. I can't imagine breaking the biggest bone in my body and how that feels like at the time. You obviously, do you know like, oh shit, I broke my femur? I expect it to feel like the end of the world when you break your foot, Paul. <laughs> I could see that out of you. <laughs> so, Probably like a little baby. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, no. When I broke my femur, honestly, I don't remember hardly anything about it. Um, you know, I fell down, and and Ezra Bobia hit me, yeah. and he tagged my head. You know, I still have the helmet. You know, it has a big rubber mark on it from his tire and everything else. Um, Thankfully, like my Araya helmet just kept me so safe. I, I'm so lucky to be protected by the best. But I don't think I had a concussion from that. I really don't. But I don't remember hardly any of the process. I really believe that the pain blocked me out. I've broken a lot of things. I have never experienced pain like that. Mm -hmm. um, the first thing I remember, the first thing I remember is heading in the ambulance over to the hospital and I was texting my fiance, Caitlin, and we still laugh about it because, you know, I'm telling her, oh, I'm fine, sending kissy faces, don't worry about it. And then somehow someone sent her an x-ray of my femur and it snapped in half, just clean cut. Um, but I don't really remember much of it. The Honestly, the hardest part about the femur was in the waiting room waiting for surgery because I fell down about one o'clock and we had surgery at seven o'clock that night. I had a muscle spasm in my quad waiting. And I thought I like I thought someone was going to die in that room that night because I was I was not feeling good. Um, but then once they put the rod in you, that's the most amazing thing. Like they put a rod in my femur at seven o'clock at night. I go to sleep that night. I wake up the next morning at 10 in the morning. Physical therapy comes in and they say, all right, let's get up. Time to walk. You know, it was amazing. I think at this point, it's probably a good idea to tell people that your fiance is also a registered nurse. 
She's a registered nurse. Yes. So when she's looking at an X-ray, it's not you know she's not looking at the back of a cereal box. She actually knows. <laughs> no. She actually knows what it means. And honestly, I mean, I can't think other than other than you marrying a surgeon. I think probably a registered nurse is right up your alley. Well, a surgeon would have more money. <laughs> That'd be nice. Well, that you have Patrick. <laughs> I'm gonna pick my fight with this one when I get home. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, Caitlin's amazing. Quite honestly, like it's having her in my corner this whole last summer has been amazing. I cannot, I, I can absolutely not say enough about her. So um, having her and her expertise and, and, you know, when the moments that were really tough, she's been amazing. But I know I've also made it very hard on her. And I help I hope that um, 2023 is is much easier on the both of us. Yeah, you need to take care of her. Yeah, right. Payback. You know, Michael, I, I want to talk to you about your ankle, but let's stay on the, the femur just for a minute and some of this physiological stuff, because I, of course we all, you know, we know you are now a member of a, of an exclusive club that for a while, I, you know, I think, I think the oldest, I, Larry Pegram's the one I remember, but certainly I'll never forget when Garrett Gerloff broke, broke his femur and Sam Lockoff did a couple of years ago, you know, you've done it. I mean, it's amazing for a bone that they say is stronger than the uh, equivalent amount of concrete they say concrete is not as strong as your femur is is and you still I mean it seems it, I'm not saying it's common but it's boy it happens more than I would have expected and looking at that crash you mentioned about your head I still look at that thing and man I cannot see when that happened because you know you expect to see one of those things like in a football game where you don't even want to look at it when that part of your leg is is bent in a position that it shouldn't be or something and what, what did he run over? Did your leg get run over or how did it, how did you break it? Do you know? I've watched the crash more than a few times trying to understand it. And I can, I, to this day, I still don't know exactly what happened yeah. to me. It almost looks like, cause I was sliding backwards on the racetrack and it looks like he caught my, like my right side rib cage and essentially bent me over the top of my leg. That's what it looks wow. like to me. Wow. I don't know. I don't remember any of it really. I yeah. remember, I remember the front. I remember just vaguely losing the front tire and then that was it. I don't remember anything until headed to the hospital. You know, I remember talking to Garrett Gerloff after he, his, when he had his at Daytona, the very first time he was out on track um, in super sport. Well, for the 200 that year. And the way he did it, and you think sometimes it's from an impact on that area, that part of your thigh, essentially, but he slammed his foot so hard down on the asphalt that that's what caused his femur to break. So, you know, it's crazy how it happens. Have you ever talked to, to um, Ezra about it? Oh, yeah, I showed him my hospital bill. <laughs> no, I, I, that's partly a joke. No, I, the yes. funny part of that story the funny part of that story is, you know, when the hospital sees it or the insurance sees it, of course, we race motorcycles. So they determine it to be a motor vehicle accident, right? Even though we're on closed course and private property and whatnot. So they are asking for the insurance information of the third party that was involved. So I showed it to Ezra. I said, hey, man, do you think you could fill this out? Because I really got to get this taken care of. And it said like a hundred and something thousand dollars right at the top of the piece of paper. And he's like, oh, my God, his jaw dropped. It was awesome. Um, so, yeah, we, we had some fun with it. And, you know, I'll, I'll probably never let him live that one down. But it is what it is. 
When when you were on the bike after you broke your ankle, was it difficult for you to ride that bike um, with that ankle issue? Uh, and and I think that this next part of that that is we talked about the pain issue. So you already had the ankle problem. Did you immediately not have weren't paying attention to the pain in your ankle at that point because it was trumped by your your thigh or your femur? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, so I broke I broke my ankle at Road America. We essentially to the day I die, I will say it was not my fault, which I'll always claim my crashes. But we essentially had something on the brakes getting ready for the carousel. And I ended up in the wall on the right, which was just a very strange place to crash. Um, but, you know, I get home, I go get my x-rays. I meet with my surgeon. He goes, you know what? I'm going to let you go race at the ridge. Just don't crash. So, you know, we go to the ridge and it works out how it works out. Um, but until that point, like, I will tell you, I've never been so sore with my upper body that weekend at the Ridge because I was having to compensate so much with using my upper body because I couldn't use my legs the way I needed to. And, you know, there's a lot of side to side transitions where you're really hustling the motorcycle underneath you. And I was just fatigued. Like I, I think if I remember correctly, again, I don't remember much of that weekend, but I remember I had some pace, but I could only do it for maybe two or three laps just because I was so exhausted um, from trying to compensate. And then, Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, and then, you know, you're to, to your second question. Yeah. I break my femur and they're on opposite legs. So, you know, I literally went from being on crutches and keeping my right ankle in the air other than being on the motorcycle. And then breaking my left femur and sending a hundred percent pressure back to my right ankle. And so I think that was part of the reason that the thing never got fixed in the first place. Um, you know, it never had the chance. What's your situation with the ankle? Do you have almost full mobility now? Do you have, is there a little bit of scar tissue? What's going on with it at this point? So I had, surgery to the ankle uh two days before christmas they found two big tears to the ligament um and then essentially the ligament was really loose so you know he essentially the surgeon told me that when he he knocked me out that he could turn my ankle around over and over and over again so what they did is they went in they fixed the two tears to the ligament they sewed those up and then they used these brace systems within my ankle to create tension on that ligament again and so it's my understanding and it feels that it's very rock solid. Like it's, it's in place and it's, it's strong. Um, now that being said, the prognosis with the surgery was like, it's going to be six months that you're going to have your ankles going to feel normal again. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean pain. It just means that it's going to be really tight because again, they brace that ligament and everything's just kind of bound up in there. So like I told you guys, I'm literally on my way home from seeing my physiotherapist and, and he's been um, trying to clean up some of the scar tissue and make sure that the other muscles and tendons and ligaments that are compensating because of the situation I have going on in there, they're all loose and firing in the correct order. So quite honestly, I feel pretty good right now. Like having left his office, I feel like I'm walking pretty normally I'm starting to get on my bicycle and get on the rowing machine and start to get some blood flow and activity going. Um, you know, I've ridden motorcycles since the surgery. I actually raced out at Chukwala. Um, so I would say I'm in a good spot, but I'm really doing my best not to rush it. You know, having 
been the last seven, eight months of, of where I started when I first broke the ankle and then the femur and now where I'm at, you know, I gotta, I gotta be sure I don't go back. When you go like to Chuck Wall and you haven't raced in a long time because of the injuries, what, what's the hardest part? Is it, is it physical or is it just getting your brain back up to speed? Uh, more so getting my brain back up to speed. I mean, you know, I went and raced and I, I borrowed a GSXR 600 from Liam Grant, actually, Jason, his father was, was kind enough to let me ride it, knowing that I was going into super sport and just kind of let me readapt. Um, and it's just getting my mind up to speed. Like, you know, I felt like I was three or four seconds off my normal pace and I'm going into corners, like panicking. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm going to run off the racetrack. And then I get there. I'm like, you idiot, just roll on the throttle. Like you need throttle to get to the corner. Um, so it, it just took some time. And by the end of the weekend, when I was racing, we got down to somewhat respectable time, um, you know, for all things considered and not my motorcycle and whatnot. So, you know, just with seat time and, and, you know, riding and then going to sleep and thinking on it and then waking up the next day, I feel like that's, that's the most critical thing right now. And my other question regarding this coming season is what, what, what led to the decision of going back to super sport? Well, as you know, we were a premier superbike team last year. Um, and the idea was to race stock thousand and superbike in 2022 and then transition into superbike full-time in 2023. Obviously, you know, I had Andrew Lee on the motorcycle. He did a fantastic job. I couldn't say enough about that. Um, but it definitely hindered the team's development and my development, I guess, to go into superbike. And at the end of the day, budget. You know, we looked at the budget to run a superbike team and the resources it required and with what we had, and it just wasn't plausible at this moment. And so our thought process changed to, okay, if we can't be in Superbike, how can we go to another premier class and be at the front and be able to win races and fight for a championship? And Supersport was the answer. Um, you know, I made a couple phone calls, talked about different motorcycle options. We considered just about everything. And, you know, we landed on the GSXR 750. Chris Ulrich was kind enough to drive one out from Alabama to Chukwala uh, for me to test. And basically I tested on it. And then two days later I had ankle surgery and here we are. My second question about the team, you know, goes to the pride of Lake forest, California, Owen Williams. And <laughs> what, what, how, what's led to him jumping from junior cup to super sport and not twins cup and not even staying in junior cup because you know, I love the kid to death, but he didn't exactly set the world on fire in junior cup. And then here we are making a gigantic step. Well, what's the reasoning behind that? Well, Owen, Owen's growing at a, at a quick rate. So, you know, yeah. I think he's quite honestly growing out of the junior cup bikes. Mm -hmm. um, at the end of the Moto America season, JP, Jason Pridmore and I, we put Owen on just a Kawasaki dx6 and sent him out at chuckwalla and he started turning really fast times like right away and this motorcycle is even is even race spec um and he started doing really really well and so we were all kind of sitting there like what do we do with Owen? and it kind of popped up as like well when they when him and his dad had kind of heard i was doing super sport it's like well why don't we integrate yourself ourselves with your program 
and in turn from all of that, be able to benefit off the resources and off your knowledge and, and grow as a writer and as an and grow as a writer and as an individual through all of it, um, you know, and just incorporate yourself. So I'm really excited for Owen, you know, I know it's a huge step. I think it's going to be very challenging, maybe more challenging than he thinks, um, but I feel like we're doing a good job of surrounding himself with, with crew, uh, with a crew chief, you know, he's never really had either of them. It's been him and his dad, you know, obviously I would lend my experience to him when I could, but racing Superbike and stock thousand, we get so busy that it's, I can barely keep my own head above water. Um, so now that he's going to be on track with me and we can look at data and we can, talk about riding and talk about very specific things. I think that really is going to help him a lot. And I wouldn't be surprised if he has a great year. Yeah, I know. You know, when you explain it that way, it could be one of those surprise things that that's kind of where he's meant to be. As long as he doesn't go faster than I do. Well, yeah. Then we're going to have a real problem. You think you're angry. And I'm going to retire. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny, Michael, it doesn't seem like it's been that long that Owen's been racing with us because it hasn't been, but I remember when he first came into the paddock and the look, the joke, he was quite small then. And the joke was his hair was so long that nobody really knew what his gender was at first, but he has obviously changed so much. I mean, he's gotten a lot bigger and, and, you know, he's a well-spoken kid for sure. The first thing I said, of course, you know, sometimes I tend to get too hung up in the rules and you're probably going to laugh about this. But when, when I read the press release, I went to Paul and I was like, he's only 15. It says that in there. He can't race. And then I knew his birthday was like, I think in May or something. And I was like, well, he obviously can't race the first couple of rounds unless you have special dispensation. Is he not, he's not going to race until after he turns 16. Is that right? Right. Yeah, that's correct. He's going to do um, road America on, you know, what's funny is John Ulrich. As soon as that press release went out, John Ulrich also called me and asked the exact same question. So we made some people curious with that one. <laughs> it was pretty good. Well, it got noticed, that's for sure. Um, but, you know, to your point, I mean, you know, Kayla Yakov has been her her uh, train bike that she trains on is an R6. And, you know, Blake Davis obviously is going to be, you know, he's still going to be Twins Cup, but he's going to race some super sport. So, I mean, I think it's good. I think these it's good that these kids get on there. You, um, we have a Discord server and uh, we have some energetic fans, let me put it. And a while back, everybody was going insane when they were showing, I think it was your post of you on an M4 bike. And they're all like, oh, he's the other M4 rider. And, you know, we knew different than that, but couldn't say anything. So we're just watching him go crazy about that. But that's not too far removed from the truth. I mean, you are technically on a Team Hammer built bike. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Um, essentially, you know, Team Hammer and Chris Ulrich and I, we did a deal uh, to have Team Hammer spec gsxr 750s um i couldn't be more excited about it you know he was actually team hammer built my stock thousands last year um and as you know as difficult as my year was i felt like we had a really great motorcycle all year long and our year started really really strong and i felt like i was riding better than i ever have and the motorcycle was working really well and so you know to make the transition to the gsxr 750 from the gsxr thousand it's like I almost didn't even need to ride the motorcycle to know, you know, right. Paul, you were a journalist, like you, you get on a Suzuki and you know, it's a Jixer. Like yeah. you, you could be blindfolded and you sit on here and like, yep, nope, this is a Jixer. 600, 750 doesn't even matter. It's a Jixer. And so 
it was one of those things like when the whole thing came up and knowing how good the Suzuki GSX-R1000 was last year and how much I liked it, I really didn't even have to question it without even riding the 750. The 750 was actually always my favorite. Oh, it's an amazing motorcycle. I mean, as a stock motorcycle, as a just a street bike, that's an amazing motorcycle. Right. It's just the right amount of everything. Yeah, Michael, do you notice the difference with the electronic throttle on it? Uh. You know, I tested the motorcycle for a day out at uh, Chukwala, as I said. I can't even tell you the last time I rode a stock GSX-R 1000. It's okay. been a long time. I think I rode a GSX-S 1000 in my time at Cycle World, but that's even got to be three or four years ago. Um, you know, and, and at race pace on a racetrack, things so, feel so different. But it seems like Chris and Team Hammer have done a good job of ironing out all the little nuances to it and it feels you know it's predictable and it's it's smooth and there's nothing that really stands out about it not not in a bad way at all i think they've done a great job you know this is a thing paul and i it, it's been an interesting progression on our podcast so we had chloe laren on and found out you know and we'd already had um uh cory ventura on and and know that he's going to be with disrupt racing on a gsxr 750 with I think a guy that you've worked with, and then you've got uh, you know um, Teague Hobbs joins Tyler Scott, and they're both on 750s. Now you're on a 750. There's going to be quite a quite a how do I put it a squadron of GSXR 750s out there, and Team Hammer bikes for that matter. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's great. I think that um, you know again the teething problems that come with the 750 that those guys experienced last year, just with the lack of testing and data, you know, you're going to be able to kind of conquer that with having so many motorcycles on track. Um, you know, having so many motorcycles on track that we can all kind of rely on each other to help solve any problems if there are. So I think it's great. All right, so you're going to be racing a bunch of kids, but there's also some veterans in that class, so it's not just all kids. Do you – is it going to take you a while to get up to speed, or do you think you'll be right, right away? And are you do you have more Chuck Waller races planned? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think it's going to take a little bit of time to readapt to super sport. You know, when I was out riding the GSXR 600, it was definitely different than the 1,000, and I do miss the 1,000 already in, in – a lot of ways. I really enjoyed riding the thousand the last few years and I felt like it suited me really well. Um, you know, we'll just try and use experience and, and, you know, I'm curious to see what the 750 is like as I spend more time on it. But I think, uh, I think it's all good. We have two more weekends at Chuckwalla um, to race the GSXR 750. And then we'll have some various tests. I think we probably have three or four days of testing outside of of chuckwalla that will be great before we get to road atlanta you're not doing daytona then right no i'm not doing daytona it, quite honestly i think just with the challenges that i have that would come up way too quickly um just getting myself back up to speed and getting healthy and everything else i would love to go um but it's just not in the cards right now and it's also a pretty good hit on the budget right absolutely yeah yeah especially for a west coast guy yeah. Hey, Michael. So one of the things your your um your press release was very thorough in a lot of ways, and I'm glad that you mentioned a person that I'm very fond of in in Pancho 
Rangel. I mean, I got to know him, I think Bryce Prince, Jason Aguilar at some point along the way there. And I've always really admired him. So whenever I see him in the paddock, I either wave or come over and say hello to him. Um, I can't remember. He worked with a rider last year and I thought that that rider is on a GSXR 752. Um, who, do you remember who it was? It was Alex Thormiotis. Yes, that's right. Exactly. So he's had some time with the 750, not that he needs it because he's, he's a, a brilliant technician, but, uh, it's cool that you've got him on your team. You must be psyched about that. I can't even tell you how excited I am about working with Poncho. Um, this is something we've been trying to do for a couple of years. You know, the story is kind of funny. I made a, I made a couple phone calls when we decided to go super sport and early in the morning, I was talking to someone about super sport and we were talking about motorcycle options and, and he essentially said, well, I really think you should go at least try and swing a leg over a GSXR 750. I think it's going to be a good fit. I'm like, okay, okay. You know, and then Poncho texts me out of the blue and just, just checking in, you know, Poncho and I have, have a great relationship and he was just checking in with me and he was asking, well, what are you doing this year? What's going on? Um, I told him, I think I'm going to go race super sport. And he goes, well, what motorcycle? And I said, well, it's this option or the GSXR 750. And he goes, I really think you should swing a leg over a GSXR 750 before you make a decision. And I'm like, okay, here we go. And then we started talking. I'm like, Poncho, is this, is this you telling me that you want to work together? And so it kind of just got the ball rolling and, and we had some meetings um, and, you know, we're, we're a team this year. So I really can't be more excited about it. I'm really excited to learn from Poncho, just have a great time. We have a great friendship. And then, Quite honestly, too, you know, he was with Jason Aguilar for so long and Jason is was one of my best buddies. And so in a way, it's kind of like a I don't know what you want to call it, but it's kind of like a full circle thing. So I'm really excited to spend some time with Ponch and and hopefully win a lot of races and just have a great time. You know, Michael, what, it was interesting what the what the fans lost in not having you on the track watching you race uh, last year, we gained a little bit in the media center when you would come in and sit with us sometimes. But, uh, but I, I will tell you um, and tell the people, if you sit and watch a race with Michael Gilbert, you're going to learn that he is a cranky bastard. I don't know if he doesn't like watching <laughs> racing on TV, but it's obviously because he wants to be out there doing it himself. But Michael, is it, it's as painful as your ankle and femur are watching a race that you can't be in. It's got to be pretty painful, huh? Well, I think that's just because I was a full-on team owner at that point. I had Andrew that's Lee true. on the bike. That's true. So, you know, Andrew, I will say Andrew did an amazing job. Like, he really did a great job. But as you know, you always want your motorcycle to be one step up. So, he knows it. I was I was yelling at the TV and bitching at him. And, and you know, it was all fun and games, too. So, we had a great time. But, yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to getting back out there and racing myself and you know, fingers crossed, we have a great year and quite honestly, just a healthy year. If I'm healthy, I'm happy because this year, 2022 was really tough on me. Yeah. Listen, I'm not going to throw Andrew Lee under the bus because I'm telling you, and I'm not naming names either, but you were yelling at everybody. That's <laughs> Michael. That's what Michael does. Come on, Bias. I was trying to sugarcoat that pretty nicely. <laughs> <laughs> now you are throwing me under the bus. No, it's fun to watch a race with you, though, because you watch it in a little bit of a, a different way than I did. So, all right. Well, listen, I'm going to throw another crazy question at you, but I got to ask you about it because we've been hearing a lot about you in this offseason. You've had a pretty uh, dynamic um, paradigm shift in your life, I think. Uh, 
you, I, I think we can still call you a moto journalist, but maybe you can fill us in. So last year with Cycle World and Octane Lending, you had the big transporter. This year, your Super Sport, which is going to be great. It's very competitive with you and Owen. Um, but there's a lot of different things in your life now, right? Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I actually, I left Cycle World at the end of 2022. Um and what I have going on is I'm actually going to run my family's sheet metal business. So my dad and his business partner have owned this shop for 38 years, believe it or not. Um, and so we're essentially spending time under his business partner right now, learning as much as we can from him. He plans on retiring here very soon. And then it'll be my brother, myself, and then my dad for, I'm going to say, a year and a half, two years. Um, I don't think my dad will ever stop working, but, um, it's going to be us and we're just learning the ropes of everything that goes into it. And already I can tell you there's days that you're like, what the hell did I get myself into? Because it's so far over your head. <laughs> and then there's days where you start figuring it out and you're like, okay, I got this. It's just like anything. Right. Um, so I'm just trying to apply myself as much as I can to that and, and learn as much as I can and absorb and, you know, and also, created it into something of my own you know the, these guys are funny because they're 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 still running things off an earthlink email and you know like their software is from 1998 and their newest servers from 2003 or something so you know it's just kind of funny to watch these guys and so hopefully my point is is hopefully that we can kind of come in with a little bit um of a younger generation take on, on it and update things and make it more efficient and then also like from my racing side of things and my journalism side of things and the industry that i've been in come in at come in and market it and advertise it and get things really going because um again those guys they're just engineers and that's all they did they didn't really handle the other side of business so um you know i'm i'm super excited it's amazing opportunity not only for myself but my fiance and hopefully we actually have a little bit of money to live in california um and it also still allows me to go racing and now i have a place to store my semi truck in the back lot of the shop and it's all good sean he's gonna be sean he's gonna be so rich he's not even gonna talk to us anymore <laughs> he'll be doing like financial podcasts and stuff <laughs> I'll be living on the hill above you, Paul. <laughs> well, that's about to slide off into the ocean. <laughs> Perfect. But, but Mike, did like you my... expect... Go, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say that sounds like my year of 2022, sliding off into the ocean. Yeah. yeah. Good point. Well said. Um, did you expect that someday this is something you would do to get involved in your family's business? Um, well, it's kind of funny because when I was going to school, that was my plan. My plan was to go run the business with my dad and then obviously it transition. And I, you know, it, it was my plan. And then I fell into the motorcycle journalism thing and I ran with that for, I, man, I can't even tell you how long it's been now, eight years. And, you know, it's the opportunity of lifetime. I mean, honestly, in the motorcycle industry, that's the job everyone wants. I mean, you fly yeah. around the world, you ride these motorcycles sometimes before people have even heard about them um, and see all these cool racetracks and meet all these amazing people. And I can't even tell you how grateful I am for all those experiences. I mean, 
quite honestly, you know, I started so young at, at sport rider. I think I was 19 years old. Um, when I started full time over there and I didn't grasp what, what I had, you know, like I do now. And I really wish I would have enjoyed it a little bit more. Um, because those are, those are lifetime memories. You're never going to get some of those things back. Um, you know, but on the flip side of that, the conversation kind of came up over the summer and I was talking to my father about it and about the business. And I'm like, well, dad, you know, I know you offered this place to me a million times when I'm 17, 18 years old, but I had no grasp of what you have over here. Like I did, but I didn't, you know, I didn't know what the capacity of what he had going on over there. Cause it's a fairly large scale business. And, you know, and then the opportunity kind of just presented itself. Um, and when it did and we had a meeting and he kind of showed us everything, it was a no brainer. So um, I'm really happy, you know, I'm really happy and not to be too complacent, but I, I feel confident that it's going to be a very big thing for, for my future going forward and Caitlin's future going forward. And so I'm going to work my butt off and, and do my best job at that and also do my best job at racing and, and, um, you know, just live it up while we can. So Michael, I'm, I'm, uh, we're getting, getting ready to wrap up here and I got so much more I wanted to ask you, but I, I real quick, um, I think I know this, but I want to make sure we understand. So the team is, is going to, is called Michael Gilbert racing this year. At the moment, we're still tying up some things, um, with sponsors and partnerships. So, um, hopefully we have an announcement here pretty soon about what we'll actually be going off of, but yeah, the team is Michael Gilbert racing. Um, yeah. And you'll still be 55. 55 the double nickel yeah, i had good. to there was another racer in super sport i had to go i had to message him and make sure i could get my number do you have to threaten him or not a little bit yeah it was more of like a bribe than a threat but yeah yeah it's amazing what 50 bucks will get you yeah yeah exactly <laughs> so yeah i guess we're gonna wrap up here paul so yeah michael i you thanks for joining us and you had a pretty shitty year, but sometimes shitty years are followed by really good ones because somebody owes you one. So good luck with uh, with next year. Obviously, we'll be in touch and we we'll can ride some bicycles and stuff when you're when you're feeling up to it. It's my only chance to keep him in sight, Sean. So I want to take anytime I can ride with a guy with a broken femur and a messed up ankle, I'm good to go. But anyway, you go. Um, yeah, thanks for for joining us. I know Sean's got something here to say in closing, but uh, we'll catch up again real soon. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm looking forward to the year and, you know, we'll have to do this again. Yeah. And by the way, I love the fact that you guys get together once in a while, even though I can't be there. It's, 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 I, I enjoy the fact that you guys do that. It's so cool. Um, we'll zoom you from the coffee shop. Yeah, do that. That's right. Um, so, Hey, I just want to mention, um, so the 81st running of the Daytona 200 is coming up. It's the weekend of March. Well, I should say the the week of March 9th through the 11th, but the 200 is going to be on Saturday, March 11th at 1.10 p.m. And the only way you can watch this race is to be there and also and or also uh, get a Moto America Live Plus subscription. So get that streaming subscription so you can watch every bit of that race as well as practices and qualifying and the races in the other classes that are going to be be there including mission king of the baggers that weekend too and when you get a subscription right now there's a, a great price on it it's just 89.99 for the year and it's the entire season 
plus Daytona. And again, Daytona 200, only way you can watch it is on Live Plus. So we want to make sure that you get involved in that and, and be part of that whole thing because that Live Plus package is getting better and better all the time with the uh, announcers and the co color commentators we have on there and, and all the interviews that they bring in the paddock and the guys that come in the booth and talk um, to to the um, announcers that are usually on there. So so get get in on that now. Um, go to the Moto America website. There's a section about watch TV and, or watch and things like that. And you, you can look at, and we're also going to be running some promos so you can find out how to get involved in that. But definitely sign up. It's it's a good deal and it, it gives you a lot of great coverage. And you won't be a cranky bastard like, like Michael Gilbert is when you watch it. You'll be filled with joy. We know that. So um, anyway, thanks, Michael, again. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Have a good rest of your week. All right.